a new and improved Real Talk podcast with fellow co-host Tyler. I'm I'm sorry. I really don't know how to pronounce your last name. You, you remind me of every time I've been in school ever. That's usually where we get. Uh, yeah, the, the last name is most session. The the V is silent. That helps. It's like no session, but with an M, most session. Most session. I've always pronounced it like move session for some reason. Yeah, it's a it's a common one of the dozen butcherings we get. <laughs> so him and Alex Sweet, which yeah. is a way easier My name last... to pronounce. <laughs> doesn't get any more American than that. It really doesn't. Living no. sweet life over there. Literally. <laughs> the American dream. Haven't heard that one before. Yeah, so welcome to the new and improved Real Talk podcast. We got two fantastic hosts that are officially part of Real Talk. And, you know, maybe maybe you're into listening to us rabble on for like an hour each week, or maybe you don't care and you're going to tune out right now and I'm about to lose a viewer. But either way, uh, this is how the podcast is going to go from now on. So how about how about... Uh, Tyler, why don't you go first? Why don't you just like share like a little bit about yourself? I know I posted something on the uh, Instagram page a little while ago talking about you, but why don't you why don't you just do like a little introductory? Uh, yeah, so uh, I'm a competitive OCR athlete. So for those of you who don't know what OCR is, it's obstacle course racing. Um, so Spartan Race, Tough Mudder, those types of things. Um, I also dabble in the ninja community. That's where I met um, Brian at the gym we train at Ultimate Obstacles. And um, day-to-day life, um, I work for actually the minor league affiliate of the New York Yankees right now, um, doing ticket sales, which is kind of ironic as a Red Sox fan. Um, but, you know, hey, you know, it is what it is. It's a good organization to work for. And, um, yeah, just uh, selling season tickets uh, to to our fans. So that's kind of what I do day-to-day. Talk, I basically talk all day, so that's why I'm here. You're See, here. He's he's a Red Sox fan, but he's selling tickets for the Yankees. So you already know that he's he's a trade he's a trader. So get him off the podcast. <laughs> you know, get well, him I, out of I, here. I have another recording for another podcast after this one. So oh boy, <laughs> man's doing two podcasts. He's living the. All right, how about how about you, Alex? Why don't why don't you go? Why don't you share your knowledge? Share my knowledge. All right. Well, I am Alex Sweet. Um, on TikTok, I'm literally known as the CEO of Broken Gym Bros. So that's always a plus. Um, but I am a competitive powerlifter in the USAPL, which is the United States of America Powerlifting. It's an all-natural federation. Um, and on top of that, I also own and operate Pure Motive Apparel, which is dedicated to supporting those with mental illness. And besides that, I... I work out five, six hours a day because I have an addiction and life is great. <laughs> That's a great intro. You know, what can I say? You, you got to throw it all out there, man. Especially the broken gym bro part. Can't forget that. That was, that was amazing. Can't, can't forget the TikTok plug. Yeah. You know, Alexander sweet two, three. Oh, yep. There he goes. There, there he it goes. is. Yeah. Promoting your TikTok on, on, well, I guess it's our podcast now. I can't really talk shit, can I? No, no, you can't. Also promoting apparel. <laughs> <laughs> so from now on, like any sale you make, like 5% of that's going to the podcast, right? Like AKA me and Tyler. Uh, I'm uh, Sorry, dude, you're, you're breaking up a little bit. I couldn't hear you over the bullshit you were saying. 
<laughs> oh, I just realized, can I swear on this? I have a really bad mouth. I mean, you know what? I don't really know where the censor button is, so yeah. <laughs> All right, cool, because... You're going to have to put E on Spotify on explicit content. <laughs> we'll just keep adding in a beep every time I swear. I'm going to have to put an R rating on the podcast now. Thanks for that. Hey, you know, you're welcome. People love R rated shit. Yes, they do. <laughs> so, so what do you think like got you guys into working out? Like, I know, I know, I went into working out because I just wanted like, I wanted abs or something like that. Uh, well, yeah, for, yeah. For me, I've always been, in, I've always been interested in being an athlete. I've always wanted to be like a pro, like a football player, basketball player, whatever the case may be. And I just found out that I sucked at it like so bad. I was just awful at any ball sport. So. I, I tried anyway and rode the bench and everything I did until I eventually w- wasn't making the teams. And then um, my my uh, my dad was like, "Hey, you heard this thing called the Spartan Race?" And I was like, "No, what's that?" And uh, it's like, "Yeah, my my coworkers were talking about running one. You want to come?" So I took a vacation to Vermont and ran a Spartan race. And I thought I was hot shit because I beat them by like forty five minutes in a five k Spartan race. Turns out they were like out of shape and you know just you know, your average person. So then when I ended up joining the ranks with the competitive side, I got my ass kicked. Um, but uh, doing that, that caused me to end up uh, running high school cross country and track. I did like okay at that. I made varsity team eventually, which didn't make varsity anything else. So that was that was a bonus. Um, and then just kept doing Spartan races more and got better and better and better and was able to find ways to train after high school when I wasn't good enough to make like division one running. So um, just keep, keep, keep myself motivated. So do you think like track helped you with that or? Oh, absolutely. Because I did a Spartan race and, and I, it was definitely hard, um, you know, because I had never run before. And I was like, hmm, how do I get better at this running thing? I should probably run more often. And then I was like, how do I find the discipline to run more often? Well, I was like, oh, I know I'll join the track team. That'll, you know, force me to run because that's what you do at practice. You run like literally the distance guys, the, the coach loved us because writing our workouts was so easy because some days it'd be like, all right, distance boy, six miles on the road. That'd, that'd be it, and they would just send us off for 45 minutes. All right, that sounds awful. I never did track. Sounds terrible. <laughs> I mean, dude, those days were the best days because we were just bullshit, and we would run like we wouldn't have to run a certain pace because our coach wouldn't be there. Some, some days they tell us six miles on the road, they expect to be gone for 45 minutes, so we'd actually do like five or four and a half. And one, one, day, we, one day we literally ran to the basketball courts played basketball for 20 minutes and then ran back <laughs> wait so in so in track like you guys had to like maintain a certain pace uh yeah i mean it was expected that we ran a certain um pace for our like runs but then the track workout days were the worst because obviously we had to do like 400 meter intervals or something like that and then our coach would be there with a stopwatch so we had to hit certain paces we would get he would get pissed if we didn't hit the paces Oh wow! I I didn't know that track was that in depth. I thought it was just like a bunch of guys like, "Hey, I like running. Oh, I like running too. Let's run." No, it's. I mean, that, that, that's how it, that's usually how it starts, but it's pretty competitive, um, yeah, especially because. So for me, I was on the cusp of varsity and JV. So actually, I took it more seriously than most because running a good workout was a good way to uh, maybe get 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 put in for varsity. I mean, the, the best way was just if you were in JV and you ran a, a five thirty mile. And the other kid in varsity ran like a 535. They would put you in the next time because you ran faster than them. So um, it was a good way to motivate yourself to keep running faster. 
Oh, sweet. You might you might not know this, but Alex is starting to run now. He's he's always hated running. He's starting to run now. I still hate running to this day, Brian. I I me and running do not get along. The second he said that you joined track uh because you like running, I know not to be friends with anyone that's on a track team now. <laughs> I'm like, wow, I'm scared of all of you. So, Alex, obviously there's a difference between, like, you and Tyler. How, what do you think got you into lifting the most? Oh, boy. Mine's a little bit of a darker story, I won't lie. Uh, oh, I already know the story. I just... Yeah. <laughs> you witnessed the entire journey, bud. You were there the whole time. I had a front row ticket. You did. So, I started working out back in 2018. Um, I was just around 280 pounds, like 275, 277 at my heaviest. Uh really bad depression, really bad anxiety, uh, got bullied towards the end of high school and just wasn't having a good time. Uh, and I pretty much got to a point where I was like, I just need to change something and give myself a chance to better myself physically and mentally. And so I started working out. Um, honestly, didn't stick with it very long because I ended up breaking both my legs, as you remember. Um, that was not fun. Right. I got to ask how you did that. So, oh, that's a great story in itself, isn't it? It's it's a fantastic one. I was working for a contractor uh, for co-op in high school, and I put a ladder on ice, and I thought it'd be a good idea to go all the way to the second the second floor window that we were replacing, and the ladder kicked out, and I fell straight down, landed on a bulkhead. I snapped a bone in my right leg. I fractured something in my left leg. I don't remember the names of all these. I broke my index finger off. Um, and then I broke two ribs. Holy shit. Yeah, it was, uh, it was not fun at all by any. Did the school take care of you? They did. Uh, the, the contractor put me on workman's comp and covered all the insurance bills and everything. So there are medical bills. So that was a plus. But a little bit of a setback starting off and then started to get back into it. That's when Brian and my buddy Alex Commodore kind of took me under their wing and started teaching me how to work out and started keeping track of me to make sure I was staying on. And eventually it just became a lifestyle, uh, lost over a hundred pounds, started to like lifting heavy shit. And now I just doing my first competition in September. I'm doing a practice comp in June and yeah, definitely never thought I would get this far into my fitness career and make it a lifestyle like I have but I have no complaints with where I've gotten it's awesome really shows that anybody can change can make a change or come back from a devastate devastating injury like you did so that's uh that's pretty awesome um, are you focused on the Olympic Olympic lifts um in regard to like CrossFit or more powerlifting powerlifting right so like was that bench bench press deadlift and and squat squat yes yep yeah so that's what i'm i joined the usapl i actually got sponsored by a local nutrition store for my meet in september nice Uh, so i'm definitely looking forward to those i i feel like i have decent numbers i have a 635 deadlift a 495 squat and a 325 bench hoping by september i'll have about a 650 deadlift a 550 squat and about a 350 bench wow nice so we're getting there 
long road, but we're getting there. My, my numbers are about half of what yours are, so that's impressive. I also started lifting as well, especially the Olympic lifts, just to help with some of the strength-based obstacles. Because I used to, there was one, I got to one race and I literally could not carry like the sandbag. Oh yeah, you know, I was just a runner, so I could, I did not, I did not know how to do any of that stuff. So then I, well, I should probably hit the gym to like probably it looks like I need to get strong and everything. Although it is mostly a running sport for me, but I do need to be able to flip the tire over if I want to have a chance at winning. So that's true. You put a tire in front of me, I'll flip it all day. You put a track in front of me, and I will come up with every excuse in the book as to why I can't run it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just I just flipped a tire. Uh, tire. I can't even speak right now. I just flipped a tire. Flip the tire. Flip the tire. I just flipped a uh, tire this past week, and I don't know if anyone listening has ever flipped a tire before, but it is it is harder than it looks. Yeah, you talking about the one at, at Ultimate? Yeah, the big one. I mm-hmm. I did not think that it would weigh as much as it weighed. Yeah, yeah, no, that I think I'm not sure if that one's a that one's a 400, but that's what it is at Spartan. Um, and then you also get the added difficulty of autumns is muddy. Um, so it, just the worst part is getting your hands underneath it. Like I can basically, essentially, you need to be able to deadlift 200 pounds to flip a 400 pound tire because you have to flip half the weight. So you have to deadlift half the weight. Um, but it's just getting your hands underneath it. So I can't even access my strength until I get my hand my hands underneath it. Um, there is. Uh, a race down in Jacksonville where it almost every elite person failed it. The guy that ended up getting it, who ended up winning the race, he like dug a hole in the mud and then dragged the tire over the hole and then flipped it. And that was just, just genius. <laughs> a little innovation there. But then a bunch of other people ended up just doing the burpees because you can do 30 burpees instead in a Spartan race. And the guys that decided to kind of give it up earlier and start doing the burpees ended up taking second and third. Oh wow! So so I've never actually done a Spartan race. I want to eventually, but it, from what I, like we've had conversations about um, Spartan races before. It sounds like there's it's kind of like a little game of chess out there at some obstacles. Like mm-hmm. you're trying to save time and you're trying to make the best decision to save time. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so in Sp- Spartan is different than most other obstacle course races. The obstacles are actually easier than most other obstacle course races. Um, but you have one attempt at everything. Um, and if you can't do it, then you uh, do burpees. But technically, you can't really fail a tire flip. It's either you can do it or you can't. Um, so it's, and even if you get it like halfway up, it's not like you have to fit, um, have to go to do burpees. But say if you fall off the monkey bars, you can't start over and try again. So, um, But that's different than most of the other brands where you have to complete the obstacle. And you have to keep trying it over and over again. So say, as you know, Brian, for uh, Ninja, if your grip gets smoked on, say, like some sort of hard version of monkey bars, you're, um, you know, you're going to have a harder time getting through that. And essentially, if you can't get through it, then you have to take off your like band that they give you. And then if you finish with without your band, but I finish 20 minutes behind you with my band, I've, I've now beaten you in the standings. Oh, wow. So it's really important you want to keep that band. And it's uh, interesting right now with uh, a brand called Savage Race, where on the on the female side, it's been pretty hard to come by to keep your band because they keep making it harder and harder. And it's getting to a point where it's like pretty much every lady in the field is at this final obstacle called the Savage Rig, which is like some sort of upper body um, hanging gauntlet, kind of like a ninja. And it's essentially whoever finishes it first. So, even, so there's some chick... Um, a couple weeks ago, who was who got to the obstacle in eighth place, 
did she's a beast rock hunter did it on her first or second try and then finished in second when when running wise she had no business in um being in that race so it's really anybody's game right now if on the women's side it's wide open wow that's that's impressive i i think i think like this is this might come off a little demeaning but from a perspective at least at least from like three guys on a podcast i think we'd all agree that there are some women out there that are complete badasses when it comes to any sport oh Oh, absolutely i mean like have have i'm sure you guys have seen it too well maybe not alex but well actually alex i'm gonna say for you like powerlifting but i know like me and tyler for ninja we've seen some girls that can like get way farther way faster than both tyler and i oh absolutely. i mean even just in our own uh in our own gym there um you look at it look someone like like uh ali Merco, who's been crushing the elite division for nnl um or like you know Alyssa beard is from new england she's one of only one of two women to make it through stage one in vegas at the at aw finals so um yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty impressive. Uh, same thing with running too. Um, but because because I couldn't because I couldn't run um, track in college because I just wasn't fast enough. I started writing for the team for the um, collegiate newspaper, and I literally became friends with one of the girls because she was so she was so fast that it was like impossible not to interview her because she kept winning all the time. So I was always interviewing her, and she's now a pro runner for New Balance Boston, and she just ran like a four twenty something mile. Like, that's insane absolutely unreal yeah and then i think she just broke she just broke two in the eight in the 800 too as well which is the 800 is two laps a half mile um so to break two minutes it's under under four minute pace for a half for a half mile which to put it into perspective i thought i was like a decent high school runner and i ran like 212 in the 800 and then i ran a 511 in the mile so and i thought i was like decent so she would just smoke me. Jeez. That is crazy. There's oh man, there's some there's some strong people out there, some fast people out there. And what's kinda what's kinda weird is like it's kinda like for some people in the gym, like whether it be ninja or you're just working out or even just running, like it seems like there's some people that like you really shouldn't judge a book by its cover. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Even like powerlifting, like uh, trying to example, Erin Maloney, she's pretty well known, Lex Little's girlfriend. I think she weighs like 150, 160 pounds, and she has a 355 squat, a 405 deadlift, and <sighs> 225 bench pretty much. And it's like body weight percentage, she has me beat all day long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at, look at a guy like Eric Mata who owns those the obstacles. You yep. wouldn't if you look look at him. You wouldn't expect him to put up the weights that he does or run the paces he does. Um, yep. He smoked, he smoked me in that uh, quadfecta OCR challenge that they they held. He like would do the events after. He wouldn't really count, but even though I ended up winning the event, he beat my time in I think every every event. And then when we do like a fitness class, he's he's lifting with the guys who are seventy pounds heavier than him. That's crazy. So. This- this guy that he's talking about, I'm gonna have to show him you to, to him to you on Instagram sometime. Like this guy, looking at him, you you wouldn't even think he works out, but you get him in the gym and you're you're like, holy crap! <laughs> holy, he's, he's maybe he's maybe one thirty, 
And then he also competes when, when he ever gets gets the time because he's running a gym and also just got another business and has some, a couple of kids as well. Um, but he also competes in the NNL's elite division and he puts on some really good runs for Ninja. It's like I, I feel like I never see him train. He's always competing. I only see him go to work when he's competing, um, or occasionally he'll work out in the fitness classes that we do. And he's just the times he shows up is it's insane. That's crazy. So actually getting, uh, since we're like on the topics of gyms and stuff anyway, let's just give a quick shout out to um, Ultimate Obstacles over in West Boylston in Massachusetts and also Empire Athletics over in, um, where is it, Lemonster? I think. Yeah. <laughs> I should know this. You're only there every other day. Yeah, and then I'll, I'll throw one out to uh, Freedom Obstacle Gym, uh, Obstacle and Gymnastics Academy in uh, it's in Broadheadsville, Pennsylvania. That's where. So right now I'm living in uh, Kingston, Pennsylvania, which is like the northeast area of PA. Um, that's where I've been training for Ninja since I moved here um, to work for the Rail Riders, um, like I mentioned at the top. Um, so uh, they're definitely they're a really small Ninja Warrior gym inside of like a gymnastics studio. But the guy who owns it, his name's Matt Guardo. He He's just his obstacle innovation is just crazy. With the small space he has, he's able to like literally push obstacles into the wall, make them pop out. Like he's always changing that gym with the small space he has. It's really impressive. It's very interesting. Yeah, like compared to Ultimate, his his um, ninja space is probably like maybe a fifth of the size. But I go there once a week because it's like a forty five minute drive for me, so it's kind of far. Um, but I go once a week, and his um, he's always got something new up there to try so it's uh it's just it's really impressive with the way he changes things up so it's kind of it's kind of like um if you've been to vitality in fall river brian it's kind of like oh that. yeah i've been there once um it's, it's it's like that but where jordan just somehow makes obstacles just pop out of the sky as well um but it's, it's an even smaller space of vitality so just so just so like alex you you understand like where we're coming from for for ninja um Anyone that's like in the ninja community, even OCR community, will tell you that different gyms have different obstacles, different setups, and it's it's kind of nice to go to multiple different gyms because you can kind of train on different equipment. Like no gym has it all. It's kind of yep. like it's kind it's actually kind of like any gym with like weightlifting. Like they don't have all the machines at every gym. Yeah, or like how Odyssey Barbell has kilo plates and Empire doesn't kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and then I'll, I'll give another shout out to a more OCR specific gym uh, called Fitness Appeal in Lawrence. Um, those guys there, they pretty much build every Spartan obstacle. So if you're, you know, wondering if you're having a hard time with some of the Spartan obstacles, definitely gotta check that place out. Because especially what they'll do on Saturday mornings that I was going to was it was called OCR Fit, where they essentially made you run like say an 800 meter or 400 meter loop, and then come back inside and do a couple obstacles because. The game is way different when your heart rate is at like 180 if you run the loop hard. So, and then it's, it basically simulates what a Spartan race would be like because ideally you're running between the obstacles and then you're trying to do them as fast as possible and then get right back into running again. Y'all with the running. You're making kind of breath just hearing it. You need, to, you need to get into the running. You need to give up powerlifting. You just need to come to our side. <laughs> Join the dark side. Yes. The thing is, though, you really don't have to give up you're lifting to add in the running. Um, definitely, it's definitely a good supplement, especially if you're taking, if you're taking a rest day from your from your lifts. 
um, definitely working some other muscles. Yeah, it'll it'll probably it actually may make your lifts even stronger. Yep. Yeah. So every time I cut down um, for the summer, the pet last summer and this summer now, when I go into a calorie deficit, I implement cardio, which I absolutely hate, but I find that it works relatively very well to both allow me to eat a little bit more and be less strict as usual, um, as well as just cut down weight a lot quicker. Yeah, absolutely. Like what? Um, my uh, my my she, my she probably this is my my step my stepmom. Um, she's been wanting to, uh, lose weight and she keeps, she's wondering why she's not losing weight because she's going to the gym three to four times a week. But I have a feeling I don't see her at the gym, but I have a feeling that it's more like a social hour for her instead of actually like, yeah, I'm like, you're probably only burning like 200 calories in your hour or two hour session because you're probably lifting light weights. So I'm just, I'm trying to encourage her to get into running just because for, for the amount of time you spend, if you really want to get into a caloric deficit, running is the way to do it. Yep. Yeah. Getting, getting your heart rate up, testing your limbs. Yeah. Even way more than walking. Like she'll walk. I see some people also walking at an incline on the treadmill. And I mean, that's as okay, but I mean, even if like, you don't, you don't have to run six minute pace. Like, you know, if you run to a point where you're just uncomfortable, even for 10 minute, 10 minute bouts, yep. like it'll, you know, you'll, you'll see the calories, the calories go off. I like how you say six minute pace. Like it's a normal one to hit. <laughs> well, I mean, so six minute, six minute pace is, is uncomfortable for 99% of runners, including myself, like, I was gonna say, I sure. like a seven, what did I get Brian? Like a seven seventeen at my lowest. Yeah. I mean, he, he, um, so he's actually like, this is like the first like legit year where he's actually been running for time. And he just, I don't know how long it was, maybe two months ago. He, you got like a seven, what was it? Seven twenty, seven fourteen pace, something like that. Yeah, it was like, and I started like two weeks prior because I remember my first day was like an eight forty one, and I was like, "Wow, that's ugly." And then the second day was literally like an eight minute, and I was like, "Okay, let, let's get under seven thirty, and I'll be happy." Yeah, Alex, I'm sure if you if you concentrated on, and I'm pretty, co- I'm confident that you could cut that down even significantly more, especially with, because I'm sure you, you probably saw the same, the same uh, boost in your lifting. When you start, you started lifting, you probably weren't lifting nearly the weight you're lifting now. Exactly. Exactly. And plus, I mean, body weight wise, I mean, 210 pounds running a 13 mile. It's like, I'll take that any day of the week. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. There's a, there's a guy in the OCR community and CrossFit community named Hunter McIntyre. He's actually trying, he's currently doing what's called the Clydesdale project. And he's trying to set the world record for the fastest marathon at um 200 plus pounds and it's it's impressive yeah i think he's trying he's he's trying to run underneath two 237 which i do believe that is like a 550 pace that's insane something like that yeah maybe maybe 610 but something something really good i know i know three hours is about 650 pace he's trying to run well faster than three hours yep he did run 255 without tra- with, with like without really training. He's, he's like he is just an athlete like that. But um, yeah, he's he crushes world records like all the time. Like I'm sure anybody in the CrossFit community knows that there's Murph coming up uh, towards um, on Memorial Day. Which for anybody who doesn't know what Murph is, it's with a 20 pound weight vest. You run a mile, do 100 pull ups, 200 push ups, 300 squats, then run another mile, and the like. I guess RX a real way to do it is you don't move on until you're done with the thing before it. So you do all hundred pull-ups, then all 200 push-ups, 
uh, and then 300 squats. Um, he set the record. He set the record for that. I did it in like 34 minutes. Um, I, I'm gonna do it this year. I'm hoping that I'm. I'd be really happy if I break 50. Um, it's it's a brutal workout, especially when you get to the pull ups because you're doing them like two at a time. The tops. Especially with the weight vest on. Once you get to like the 80s and pull ups, take forever. Yep. Oh, I believe it. Yeah, that's. Uh, I've actually ran the Murph before. I actually ran it with um, Alex Commodore, who Alex Sweet mentioned earlier in the podcast. He's actually uh, uh, Alex. Quick shout out to Alex Commodore too. He's he's out in um, <clears throat> uh, boot camp right now for the Marine Corps. Respect. So anyway, we we ran a uh, Murph uh, last last Memorial Day, I think. Yeah, I drove past you guys because I came up with every excuse not to join. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's pretty much oh, it's a hero workout. It was named after a guy with the last name Murphy. I forget his first name now at this point, but um, he it was one of his staple workouts that he did. And um, for anybody who's interested in doing it, like it's definitely a good way to start testing your fitness because it kind of tests everything. You can do it what they call partitioned, where you might do ten sets of. Uh, you know, what is it? What would be 10, 20, 30 on the pull-ups, push-ups, squats. You could do it without the weight vest. Uh, you could do a half Murph, which would be like a half mile run, then 50 pull-ups, etc. So there's definitely different ways to scale it back for your fitness level. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to think if we if we uh wore the 20 pounds because when we did the Murph last year it was during quarantine we didn't have uh well he had a weight vest but I didn't and I'm trying to remember if we did it with the 20 pounds or not knowing knowing Commodore he probably wore it I feel like he would have wore it I feel like I would I didn't wear it though yeah I mean he didn't own one but I mean still even accomplishing that without the 20 pound vest is still like not like you're still putting yourself above 90% of people that don't even attempt it. Uh, yeah. One, one of my favorite stats, even just about something as simple as a 5k is that uh, only one, one 18 people have actually done a f- organized 5k. So if you're even just showing up for a, for a like local road race, local 5k, like you're already beating 17 other people. Exactly. You're beating your competition. You know, I remember um, like two years ago, I went to my first 5k in like a couple months and I actually was the youngest person in the 5k and I ended up winning the 5k coming in first place. And that just goes to show like you can go to these 5k's and you can, you can have a very good chance depending on your age, like age isn't everything, but if you're an athlete and you're say 18 years old going up an athlete that maybe is like upper 40s you do have that advantage that you're younger so you're you're more you're i don't want to say you're more strong but like you probably haven't had as many injuries that hold you back so if you're thinking about doing a 5k or anything like that you should probably just go for it exactly although I do find that endurance athletes uh, tend to peak a little bit later. If you look like some, some of the top level five K guys, they're going to be in their thirties. Um, the recent, uh, the most recent uh, Spartan race world champion is 38 right now. Oh, wow. Um, so whereas you'll see, you know, so, uh, another athlete in a traditional sport, like football or basketball, get into the thirties and they're like, oh, he's getting up there in age. I mean, you see, you see Tom Brady, they act like Tom Brady is like 
a thousand years old, but he's 44. Like he just feels at, he, you know, with his trajectory and his health, he probably still has half his, half his life to go at least, if not longer. And they act like he literally should be on, um, you know, be on hospice care. Exactly. I'll it's, have to let the two of you know how my uh, Tough mutter goes, Brian. <laughs> like you're doing a Tough mutter? He's or doing just... one in like two weeks, three oh, weeks, I think. Well, I, I will see you there then. Oh, is it, are you going to be there June 6th? Yeah, yep. so I'm actually I'm, – I'm doing the Tougher mutter event, which it, the only difference is that it's, uh, it's time because Tough mutter, the whole brand is it's supposed to be a challenge, not a race. Yep. So um, it's not for time, but then until they added one in for time, which is the first the first wave of the day. But I will most likely be there handing you your headband because I'm also volunteering because I I volunteer at all the races to race for free. That's awesome. um, so after I, after I run, I'm gonna be at the finish line handing out the medals. So um, good chance you'll see me. Yeah, I'll be the one that probably threw his shirt off and is huffing and puffing, and all pissed off that he had to run. That that would be me. <laughs> that's, that's everybody. Yeah, literally. But yeah, no, I'm excited for that one. I'm uh, hoping hoping to be somewhere near the podium uh, in the competitive event. So when I signed up, I initially thought it was the 5K one because I guess there's two. I didn't know that. Yeah, there's a 5K and then the classic, which is 10 miles. Yeah, so my my buddy's the one that signed me up. And I was like, oh, you know, 5K, that's not that bad. And he's like, but it's 10 miles. I was like, what are you doing to me? <laughs> The, the good news is, unlike a longer Spartan race, is that it's uh, it's it's I believe it's at a racetrack, which means it's going to be as flat as can be. Yeah, yeah, it's at the. Uh, Whereas if you were to go to like as this, any Spartan would know who's listening to this, if you were to go to Killington, like that's a way different experience than running the same distance on a flat course. Well, the fact that Killing is in that name uh, tells you what you're getting into. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah, like I'll be I'll be doing the Killington Ultra this year, and that's. Uh, that's going to be an experience for sure. It's a, it's a 50K with about 15,000 feet of elevation gain. Yeah, I'm good. It's mostly, it's mostly power hiking. That's crazy. So, Tyler, are you doing regionals at Ultimate Obstacles? Or? I am, yeah. So, um, something I, I know I was alluded that I'm a trader because I work for the Yankees, but I'm actually leaving that organization. Um, I got a job in Worcester, actually. Um, working with uh, a team called the Railers, which I know is really similar to Rail Riders. This team's called the Railers. They're a minor league hockey team. They're, they're, they're affiliated with the New York Islanders. So I'm still working for a team based out of New York. Um, but I'll be much closer to home because I grew up, you know, in uh, in the Boston. So I'll be at the end of the month. Oh, that's awesome. He's yeah, going so from just a in time. Yeah, I was going. I was planning on traveling up there anyway, even if I hadn't gotten this job for the regional for um, Ultimate Obstacles. But I will now be like four days into moving back for that event, and I, I believe it's the day after the Tough Motor. So oh wow! Weekend. I, I'm gonna have to look into that because I know Alex. I think you said that the Tough Motor was gonna be like Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, it's both days. Yep. Oh man, maybe I'll maybe I'll sign up for that, dude. Please do. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll be there. I'll be there all day Saturday because I, I think my race starts like seven thirty a.m. and then my volunteer shift is like twelve to seven, so I will be there all day long. Damn, that sounds awesome. Yeah, I'm hoping I get out a little earlier than seven, but we'll see. Because usually, oftentimes the last wave goes off at like one thirty, so even on the slow end, it's usually like a three or four hour race. 
Yep. Hopefully, I'll be out of there before seven so I can get back and home for in time for uh, to get some sleep for regionals. Yeah, I think I think regionals this year is going to be pretty interesting. I think um, it's going to be packed. There's a there's so many competitions this year for qualifiers. That, like if everyone if everyone signs up, each division will have like more than a hundred people. I mean, did they even do that last year because of COVID, or was that all shut down? Um, so they managed to have uh, NNL World Finals in February. Normally, it's in February yep. of that year. So they had a giant event in Greensboro, North Carolina. It was my first time qualifying for the World Championship, um, and so they had that about three weeks before um, COVID shut everything down. Yeah, at least they're able to get it in. Yeah, but uh, basically, people were saying it was like the breeding the breeding ground for COVID. That's where all the ninjas got COVID from. Oh my that, that event <laughs> end of February. Um, but yeah, so it was pretty much the ninja off season. And then right around when gym started opening again, that's when the NNL season usually begins. So people are having competitions, but usually you try to like wear your mask when you're running the course, uh, which is a little bit annoying, but hopefully now it seems, um, now Brian, do you guys know if, um, did masks kind of change their, their mask policies? Uh, as, far as, I, as far as I know, I don't think they have yet. Yeah, I mean, it seems like masks is at the back of the pack with that stuff, but um, a lot of states now are saying you don't need to wear a mask if you're fully vaccinated. So I don't know if it just means you have to show your vaccination card or what, but that'd be kind of huge to not have to wear your mask while you're running the ninja course. Because usually when I'm on a hanging obstacle, it usually comes down anyway. I like, would, when I'm breathing heavy, it's going to fall regardless. I would like to see at least uh the exception of if you're a runner you don't have to wear a mask yeah ex- like we're like yeah the staff or if you're watching you have to wear one yeah that makes sense yeah like at least at least have have that uh that's that's out of the gym's control unfortunately oh yeah they have to be compliant man i i've honestly been thinking a lot like when these masks are gone we're gonna have some powerhouses coming out for athletes because they're just gonna be so controlled with their breathing Right. Yeah. It's, it seriously is like high altitude training. Um, but I mean, it's, it's just, it bothers me so much because the CDC recommends you don't wear your mask when you're like at a certain heart rate. Cause people, people, especially people who are not used to fitness have had a really hard time. Um, you know, there, there are stories of people just passing out because of their mask and not being able to breathe. Yep. It's, just, it's really not conducive to, to heavy breathing. There's, yeah. a, uh, there's a really popular CrossFit gym um, in, I believe it's in Natick. It's called uh, CFNE. A lot of big pros train there. And what they did is they made like almost like cubicles for working out. That way when you enter the, it's like it's plastic barriers everywhere. It's in a, in a cube shape. So when you, you enter in there, you can take off your mask when you're the only one in your little space. I think that's what uh, Empire did for us over there. Yeah. There's, they're literally giant borders. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, with the plastic. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's what Empire had in place. But uh, I know they got. Uh, there's pretty much no rule anymore there. <laughs> I think. I think a lot of a lot of places have kind of started making rules. Mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty much everywhere. It just. It just whenever like anybody's on like social media, they always make sure you're wearing it. Um, but because I mean, I, I know this too well from working retail a little bit during the pandemic. I mean, wearing a mask sucks, but what sucks more is forcing people to wear their masks. Yeah, because they can easily retail them. 
and you got to wear a mask when you the door, and they're like, and I literally got told to go eat a bag of dicks. Yep, that's people for you. Yeah, and, and I was like, yeah, okay, you can leave. <laughs> he I told, think, he told I think me it's, down the street, and I was like, all right, sweet, I'll see you there for lunch. I think it's safe to say that there's not a single person that enjoys the masks, but I... For for anyone listening, um, even even you guys, I don't know what your stance is on it, but my stance is, you know, if I'm at my house or if I'm at like a place that I own or I know somebody that owns it and they don't care about the masks, I'm not wearing one. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think it's it's kind of like a common courtesy thing. Yep, do it out of respect for the person who you're. Whatever you're in. Different. Um, one of my one of my favorite memes is people people who are wearing a mask while in their own car driving by themselves. <laughs> it's like, do you also wear a condom when you're in bed by yourself? <laughs> hey, who told you that? <laughs> I I think there's so much that's come out of this pandemic. Um, I think I think the biggest thing that's come out of the pandemic is you've really got to see just how stupid people are yep um and that's not a that's not a shot at like any in particular person the person is smart but the people are yes it's an interesting point yeah for sure this is like some of the stuff makes no sense. Like I remember when I think Governor Baker came out and said, um, you can only have six people at your Thanksgiving gathering, but you can have 30 people at a funeral. Someone goes, yeah, okay, great. I'm going to be hosting a funeral for the, for the turkey that I'm cooking. <laughs> <laughs> like, why, like it, should, it should be consistent. What we should have done is, I think New Zealand did this, where they literally locked people down in their houses for like six weeks, and the pandemic was like gone. Instead of making it drag out for we're at month fourteen, fourteen now, still wearing our masks here. Or same thing in the UK. Like you were when at the height of the pandemic, you were literally arrested if you left your house, which sounds awfully harsh. But essentially, there were too many loopholes to get away with not following protocol that I think lengthened the, the pandemic. I think there was a lot of um, in countries like the US where we are. I think there was a lot of political matters going about it. Um, I think, I think that drove it a lot. Um, honestly, this isn't a political podcast, but this is just something to say. Um, anyone that is listening, uh, whether, whether you think that you're right or wrong, just know that neither political party is all that good. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've had a horrible time just voting for president the past two elections I've been able to vote at. So I'm just like, wow, I just don't, I don't love either <laughs> choice. <laughs> I mean, South Park has a whole season. It's, are you voting for the giant turd or the uh, douchebag sandwich, whatever they called it? I think it's turd sandwich. The turd sandwich or the, <laughs> or the douchebag. Yeah, my big thing was like, shit, I have to compare two idiots and figure out what I want. Yeah. Yeah, there, there was so many. It felt like this past election especially there were a lot of um downsides to being a voter because if you vote for biden then you have all the people that tell you that you're doing uh what the media wants you to do this and that and if you vote for trump you get labeled all these different things so Mm. 
there was really no way that anyone could win. <laughs> no, no one ever wins anything. Life's just I, not that easy. I think that's like a huge problem too, is I think uh, we can actually relate to this even to the gym. I think people are way too judgmental. Yeah, and it's it's too simple to accept that other people are allowed to have their own point of views. Nope. So we had we had one Q and A question uh, for this podcast, and it was on just funny things that we've seen at the gym. Huh. Some pretty epic fails in Ninja, which can be pretty funny. Yeah, you've got some of the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and just uh, I, I have a whole montage clip on my Instagram of me just like falling. <laughs> Awfully and <laughs> completely eating shit. If you uh, want, if you want to see some funny fails, go uh, follow Tyler on Instagram. Yeah, it's gets pretty gets pretty intense. Ah uh, no, I think I think for me, like the I went to so I went to like a country club before I actually went to a gym for for a gym because my dad's work paid for it and those people did not know how to use gym equipment like there was a guy doing pull-ups on a squat rack and that just that just like cemented like shit (laughs) i gotta get out of this gym yep i think the most common gym fail i see is most definitely the bands snapping on people and just whapping them in the face (laughs) Um, in, in regard to myself, it's definitely that day, Brian, where I went on top of that bar and almost got decapitated by a fan. So, Tyler, we have like a rig at Empire um, that you can do. Mm-hmm. And we also have our gym is like in a warehouse. And at the ceiling of our gym, we have a huge ass fan. Like I'm talking like easily in diameter like probably 20 30 feet okay and so he was making a tiktok video he climbed on top of the rig and when he stood up uh the blade of the fan like basically like almost scraped against his hair yep (laughs) holy shit and i was dancing I call, I call that a, mis- a missed opportunity. In yeah, two regards. One, because the fan missed you and probably saved your life. But also, it probably would have gone viral if uh, it actually did hit you in the face. Exactly. I'm just happy that that video did go viral because the amount of stress and anxiety I had being up there was not worth it in the beginning. I was I was thinking the entire time, like, well, shit, if he gets decapitated, how are we going to explain this to the gym owner? <laughs> <laughs> Dude. It, uh, probably in like the early like probably not, I'd say mid 2010s like 2015 2016 it was always do it for the gram well even before that it was do it for the vine then do it for the gram now nah, yeah. I don't do it for the tiktok but that's pretty much I think that's where we're going <laughs> well, there's always going to be another social media to take over the last of course yeah I'm not, I'm not on tiktok I just re- I rely on people posting it on, the, on snapchat or on instagram like the best ones so I don't have to scroll through all the bullshit yeah that makes sense but yeah, it makes sense. 
All right. Well, I think that is a wrap for um, episode one on Real Talk Podcast, new and revived. Um, Shout out if you made it this far. We, we got to come up with like a hashtag or something. We got to come up with a hashtag. I gotta, I gotta really figure out how to make an like legitimate intro because I, I feel like the intro that I have right now is terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just me talking. <laughs> There's gotta be some sort of score available on uh, somewhere. We just gotta find someone with a really cool deep voice. <laughs> we need to hire like John Cena or someone. <laughs> <laughs> what? Probably a little bit out of the budget. Yeah, I was going to say. Are uh, you paying for that one? I mean, you're the one that's running multiple companies. You pay for it. Uh, Sorry, but my money goes back into my companies. I don't Fair make- enough. Fair enough. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed the first episode of Real Talk. And I hope that you guys <laughs> come back next week for episode two. Um... These are your co-hosts, and same with me. Uh, we're the three idiots that are going to be running this podcast. So basically, come back or don't. I don't know. Yeah, don't get going wrong. I promise it'll be at least as bad as this one. Oh, probably worse. <laughs> as bad or as I like how we just like casually shit talk the podcast at the end. <laughs> we have to shit talk ourselves. That way, those that actually shit talk us are like, damn, we can't say anything. They already said uh, it's like reverse psychology. <laughs> exactly, because they start talking nice about us, and we're like, no, what, what's wrong with you? <laughs> He's got a point. Yep, you know, I would know. I got bullied. Okay, that's how it works. <laughs> He's the leading expert on the matter. <laughs> I am. I am CEO of Broken Gym Bros. Everybody. <laughs> All right, guys, that is a wrap. Keep it real. Till next week. Peace. See ya.